Welcome back to Sales Insights with Sarah. This is the podcast for sales professionals and business leaders looking to implement new strategies and drive sales growth in their organizations. I'm your host, Sarah Downs, and my guests and I will be sharing with you some of our own experiences in business and sales insights to help you gain focus and take action. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Some of you may have seen on my social media that I have recently co-authored a book called Purposeful People. It's an anthology of 20 authors brought together to share stories, experience and insight all around purpose about finding your purpose, leading teams with purpose, leading organisations with purpose. And it's been an amazing project to be a part of. The book has recently gone to number one on Amazon's top selling lists in entrepreneurship and business. And the launch took place in the UK, Australia and the USA. So if you check out the show notes, you're going to see links if you would like to purchase the full book. Today, I'm just going to read my own chapter for you guys. And also, this book is a not-for-profit project. All the proceeds are going to four of our chosen charities, and you can read about them a little bit in the show notes as well. So today, I would love to read my chapter for you guys. And obviously, if you want to read more from the other authors, you'll need to buy the book. And that will mean donating to charity, which is amazing. And we did sell out on day one, but there is paper copies and Kindle versions now available again in the Amazon store. So let's get started with the chapter. So my chapter is chapter two of 20 in the book. And it's called The Road to Finding Your Purpose. So let's get going. Introduction. I was nine years old. It was a cold Saturday morning and I was at the local nursing home where my mum worked. It was the annual Christmas bake sale which mum took me and my sister to every year. But this one was different and I wouldn't realise the significance of it for many years. I was sat on a sofa positioned directly in front of a large bay window overlooking the coast of our seaside hometown. My legs were swinging back and forth as they were much too short to reach the floor and I could never sit still as a child. My younger sister sat beside me eating cake and looking around the room wide-eyed at all the goings-on. Caters were busy navigating the residents to their armchairs and serving refreshments. I was distracted by the seagull sitting on the outside windowsill when I heard a loud cry which made me jump. The man in the navy jumper sitting across from us looked terrified and had started shouting at everyone while banging his cup on the table. Only a few minutes before had he been asleep and I'd been observing his glasses sliding down his long nose, wondering if they'd fall off. I was too young to understand at the time, but the man was likely suffering from either dementia or Alzheimer's disease. I watched closely as mum walked towards the man with a kind smile on her face. Mum sat beside him and held his hand. I couldn't hear the words coming from her mouth, 
but I could tell by the man's reaction that they were soothing. Within a matter of minutes, he was smiling and laughing at something mum had said. Another caterer arrived with a cup of tea and a plate of sweet treats. The drama was over. When I remember that moment, it's as if it happened yesterday. It was the first time I was aware of being inspired by something. I was inspired by my mum and her actions. I wanted to make things better the way she did. I wanted to help people. Had I found my purpose? It was certainly the start of my journey. Finding purpose in life. Finding purpose doesn't always come from a singular event. For many of us, it can take a number of years in searching within before becoming clear on what impact we want to make in the world. Personally, I went through a traumatic event followed by some health issues through my teenage years, which pulled me closer to where I was headed. I felt a deep sense of gratitude every time someone helped me, whether that be my parents, teachers, the doctors, or the psychologist that supported me to deal with my PTSD. By the time I was ready to go into higher education, I was clear that I wanted to care for others and make a difference in someone's life. I just wasn't sure of the what or the how. Many years later, I arrived on the ward ready for night shift handover. I worked in the local trauma unit, so there was always a lot going on. Long shifts full of anxiety, relief, adrenaline, tears and laughter. We did what we needed to do and tried our best to pull each other through the worst of it. I never knew what I was walking into as each and every shift brought something new, a different set of challenges, a medical condition I'd never heard of before, people from all walks of life and in need of various levels of care. This night was going to be tough and one I'd remember forever. I had dealt with many deaths and even though they were all hard, I knew I could cope. Now and again, I was involved with a case that ingrained a little deeper. As each one presented a different set of circumstances, I wasn't sure why, but some definitely affected me more than others. Often the deaths that I remember in detail were traumatic and sometimes almost surreal, but tonight was different. I had nursed Mary for many months. She was nearing 100 years old and had a wicked sense of humour, which kept us nurses on our toes. She also liked to take a swipe at the doctors who had poor bedside manner. I sat with Mary only four days before, talking about her favourite pastime, the Jeremy Kyle Show, a TV programme I personally couldn't stand to watch, but I enjoyed her reenactment of it. There were things spoken about on that show that a woman of her age struggled to comprehend, which filled her with amazement and questions for us young ones. Mary would often start her sentences with, back in my day, which always alerted us that she had a lesson in store. During handover, my nurse manager advised us that Mary was deteriorating quickly and suggested that we keep a close eye on her overnight. 
I offered to sit with Mary as we had enough staff on duty that evening to cover the ward. I took a deep breath before entering her room with a hint of anxiety, uncertain of what would be on the other side. Mary was asleep in the dimly lit room, but woke shortly after to ask for some water. Every request from Mary came with a big smile and twinkling eyes. She sighed and sunk back into her pillow after her drink. She was weak, tired, and not the same lively lady I remembered from only days before. I gave her a wash and changed her nightgown to saddle her for the night. Mary often spoke of her love of a warm face cloth against her skin. And even on this night, as she lay there with closed eyes, and she smiled as I bathed her hands and face. Simple things. Mary fell into a deep sleep, wrapped up in bedding with her favourite knitted blanket on top. A gift from a friend in her nursing home. It was multicoloured and had little embroidered flowers around the edges. That night, I counted 64 flowers while sitting and waiting with her, trying to stay focused on her every move and breath looking for signs that she may need something more to keep her comfortable. Mary woke every couple of hours for a drink or to ask the time. On one occasion, she told me off for still being by her side, as she didn't want to be a nuisance. I held her hand, which felt small and delicate. The skin thinned from old age. Mary was warm to touch, but her hands had become cold, I tucked them under the blanket and placed my own hand on her arm, moving my fingers gently so she could feel them, a small gesture to let her know I was there. The hours dragged by. I could hear the hustle and bustle of the ward outside the closed door, footsteps, talking, machines pinging and buzzers ringing, but it wasn't enough to distract me as I had an important job to do and I needed to be completely present. By 5am that morning, Mary had passed away, comfortable and asleep, the way most of us hope it will happen when it's our time. I felt a mix of emotions. I was sad that she was no longer there, knowing that she would be missed by everyone who knew her, but also relieved that she had experienced a peaceful death with an awareness that someone was by her side. I felt privileged and grateful that I was able to be with her at the end. I knew that it would continue to be difficult, but I was absolutely sure that this was what I was meant to be doing. I was fulfilling my life's purpose. I'm often asked how to find purpose in life. This question used to confuse me as I had found my own fairly organically, albeit not straightforward. I was one of the lucky ones. My purpose had come to me rather than me needing to search. From childhood, I had started to create my own recipe without even realising it. Like many homemade recipes, it only gets better with time, with a little trial and error sprinkled on top. I've thought about this long and hard, and I will leave you with some questions to ponder. One, 
What is the one ingredient you'd always know was missing? Two, what makes you feel fulfilled? Three, when you are no longer here, what do you want people to say about you? Some of these can be hard to answer for someone who hasn't yet found their purpose. People often jump to answers they assume others will expect from them. But are they being true to themselves? A mentor of mine once said that finding your purpose is like being stuck in a library for a few weeks. Being given enough food and water to see you through, but you have nothing else to occupy your time but the books on the many shelves. Sounds great, right? Think about what genres you would go to first. There may be one or many, and there's no right or wrong answer. Identifying what you care about, what excites you, and what you want to personally develop in can help you to go deep on finding purpose. Can we lose our purpose? After five years on the trauma ward, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. The result? I had to leave my career, which was never part of my plan. I had to find a job that wouldn't put others in harm's way if I collapsed and started to seizure. I had gone from helping people to being a risk to them. I was devastated and struggled to see how I would find purpose in any other career. My confidence was knocked with each and every job application. At recruitment agencies, I was told, I don't know what to do with you. You're a nurse. Sorry. Not once were transferable skills mentioned. When I started my first job in the world of business, I felt like I was standing at the foot of a mountain. I had so much to learn. I knew it was going to take a long time and a lot of energy to get anywhere close to the top. I had built a lot of resilience over the years. I knew if I put my mind to it, I would get there and I would be fine. But if I'm honest, I was dreading the journey. Luckily, I ended up working for a director who could see my transferable skills and mentored me on an almost daily basis to ensure I developed and achieved in the role. She had identified that I could handle almost anything she would throw at me based on my answer to the popular interview question. When have you had to overcome a challenge in the workplace and how did you handle it? I had responded, I've been a trauma nurse working in a life or death environment. I just had to get on with it. Some days were harder than others, but we all had an important job to do and that came first. When I asked a year later, I was told that this was the main reason I got the job. Within a few months starting my new role, I was aware that something was missing. I liked the people I worked with and the tasks weren't awful, but I just felt a gaping hole inside. I realised I was no longer doing something that aligned with my purpose. Something had to change. I volunteered for a number of charities and started studying to work on my personal development. I could already see that there were plenty of people to help in business, but that it would be easier to make an impact the closer I got to the top. Within a few years, I set up my own consultancy, 
working with leadership teams on their strategic objectives. My focus was on revenue growth and the performance of their people to make sure that all moving parts were working well together and they met their business goals. I had realised working as an employee for a few companies and networking with others that management teams were quick to jump into surgery, requesting new processes, systems, training and recruitment. But just like in medicine, you should never jump into the surgery before running the right diagnostic tests. I decided to work on my own and help management do the MRI so that the treatment plan would be exactly what was required. What I hadn't realised at this point was how close I would get to the CEOs and MDs. I never thought that they would let me in and talk to me about their own symptoms as well as the businesses they were running. I now understand that the two are closely connected, but that took time. I had a client and to protect his identity, I will call him George. He was the founder of a technology business that had just celebrated a large contract win. On the face of it, the business was doing well, but George had fallen out of love with it. It used to be my baby, but I'm not sure I like what it's grown into, he said. I remember one meeting in particular where George was very emotional and told me he was ready to give up. All the experience I had working with people in both physical and mental pain rushed back and I supported him through it step by step. A few months later, he thanked me and told me that he felt excited about his future and what he wanted to achieve with the business. It felt familiar, uncomfortable, which was unrecognisable in the moment, but I soon realised I was feeling something that I hadn't felt for a long time. I was helping, truly helping. I was making a difference to someone's life, just in a different way. That was the moment I realised that there were ways to fulfil my purpose and help others without a career in nursing. There were times in my business life where I felt I'd lost my purpose, but I realised that there are many roads to a single destination and I just needed to turn right to the crossroads. Leadership is about empathy. It is about having the ability to relate and to connect with people for the purpose of inspiring and empowering their lives, said Daniel Pink. The next chapter. It's been a long road so far and I'm still on the journey. It's taken a great deal of strength and resilience. I've built over time, has most certainly helped. I've made mistakes and learned from them. From my experience in trauma nursing, I'm used to working under pressure, but sometimes still don't make the right decisions. With continuous development, I'm confident of finding new ways to fulfill my life's purpose, to help others in any way I can. So hi everyone again, and thank you so much for listening to my chapter. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And please do check out the book if you want to know more in the comments below or in the show notes if you're on the podcast. It's been such an amazing, incredible journey to be on. And I really wanted to share this with you because I work in sales. I'm a business owner. Yes, 
but I didn't start there. It's been a journey and a lot of that has been led by purpose. So I wanted to share that with you and hopefully it helps someone else to dig deep and make sure that they are aligned with their purpose. But honestly, the other 19 authors in the book are just incredible and it was compiled by Chris Patton, who has become a great friend over recent years. Bringing his vision to life in this book has just been an absolute pleasure to watch and I'm so proud of him and all the other authors, our publisher and what we've achieved. So please do take the time to purchase the book, whether that be paper copy or on Amazon Kindle. And the proceeds will go to the chosen charities also listed in the show notes below. Have a great week, everyone, and take care. Thank you for listening to the Sales Insights with Sarah podcast. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already so that you are notified of every new episode. If you could take a few minutes to leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated. See you next time.